Welcome back to the Yes Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, you will be hearing a conversation I have with my good friend, Elizabeth. You might know her from her Instagram, which is Creek Grown. We talked all about mom guilt and anti-perfectionism. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I had recording it. Elizabeth has a lot of good stuff to say on this topic, and I'm just so glad she was willing to sit down with me and record this episode. So let's get to it. So I'm here with Elizabeth, my good friend. You might know her from Creek Grown. Um, It's funny how people recognize people by their handles now before their actual names. Yeah. But your name is Elizabeth. So I first met you, how long ago was that now? It's been been 11 years. Next month. 11 years? Next month. Wow. Uh, We met at um, CNA training. Yes, interim healthcare. Interim healthcare. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's CNA stand for? Certified nurse assistant. (laughs) I got the certificate. I don't remember what it was. Elizabeth went on to actually become like a hardcore nurse. Hardcore. I stopped after that and left the country. For seven years. For seven years. Mm -hmm. But you stayed and you became a nurse. Anyways, Elizabeth, my 11-year friend, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Anything you want the people to know I want them to know about like what you do who your kids are all the jobs you have there's a lot of jobs yes so give us the rundown on you okay my name is Elizabeth and I already forgot all the questions (laughs) you just asked me your name was the first one yeah my name got it I'm 30 years old I just turned 30 and that was hard but I'm yeah it's hard for us all I'm I'm fine with it now I'm excited. At least we're in it together. We are in it together, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to be flirty. Wait, what is, is it? it? Flirty? Flirty, 30, and thriving. Yeah, yes. I mean, we have husbands, but it's fine. Right. We can still be flirty. I flirt with my husband. I don't oh, know okay. what you were thinking. Okay, yeah. That counts. Um, I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for eight and a half years, pediatrics, all the, t- all the way through. I am a Disney travel agent. I am a... PALS instructor. That's pediatric advanced life support. I teach that to nurses. Do you really? I, do. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I do it mm, like six times a year. Wow. Six classes a year. I am opening an Airbnb right now. Oh, yeah. I am renovating houses to turn into rent houses right now. Yes. Well, I'm supervising that Gosh. mostly. You're doing so many things. I'm doing so many things, Lexi. <laughs> I'm writing a book. I... Um, but I'm gonna start writing a book proposal next. I feel like I'm missing things. Instagram is also Instagram. Yes. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I maybe I'm an Instagram influencer. I would say you are. I don't know when you reach. I don't, I don't know. I think when do you become an influencer? In my opinion, you are because you have tons of people that really don't like you. On Instagram oh, as well. Oh, that's true. Like, so you it's have when you a get lot haters? of, like, the haters. A lot of okay. haters slide into your DMs. Well, then I've been an influencer my whole life. <laughs> true. <laughs> because I've had haters. <laughs> you've got Since the haters the and you've got of... the ones that love you. But you've got a, a lot of both. I feel like that makes... I feel like that qualifies. I have more nice than yeah, bad. more nice. Sure. Hopefully the nice ones are listening. And they don't show up in my review section. I'm sorry if yeah. the haters come yeah. for us. <laughs> They come after me because of you. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. But yeah, Instagram, I mean, Creek Grown. When did you start that? Started Creek Grown at the end of 2017, right before Christmas, but it was not what it is today. I opened a booth at the Vintage Phoenix antique booth store, and I was making these homemade signs, Mm -hmm. and I made the name Creek Grown to put on my, that was my booth name. I just, I kind of needed a creative outlet, so I started doing that, and then my husband started making me blanket ladders, and that's kind of what it became famous for. Not that it was famous, but... (laughs) Known for. (laughs) Known for. (laughs) Amongst my friends and family. Not known in the world, but just in my circle. We became known as the blanket ladder people, and people were asking for blanket ladders Hmm. all the time, and the problem with that was that my husband would make... 15 to 20 
blanket ladders. I'd go put them in the booth, make an announcement that we had restocked. And by the next day, they'd all be gone. Wow. And you you think, wow, like what a great business model, except that he didn't want to make blanket (laughs) ladders. (laughs) So we kind of, we just quit that. Yeah. Because I got tired of it and I got tired of trying to get him to make me blanket ladders. Blanket ladders, right. And it just kind of evolved into what it is today, which is focusing on real life with anti-perfectionism that's kind of your main mission i would say yes i mean along with like you draw people in with like fun diy lifestyle real life i just bring people along with me what i'm doing trying to put out the message that it's better to enjoy your life than perfect it yeah it's really good and that's why i have you on this podcast because I feel like it's a really important message, especially in the realm of, like, motherhood. It is an issue. It's a big issue. And it touches so many parts of life, but specifically, we're going to talk about how it affects our parenting and our children and all that good stuff. And you are a mom. I am. Oh, I was supposed to talk about that in my introduction. Yes. Yes. Also that. I am a mom. I have two kids. One is seven and the other will be 13 next month. And if you're doing the math in your head, yes, I was 16 and pregnant. I had him at the age of 17. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your oldest and being a teenage mom. Yeah. That part of your life. Okay. So I was 16 when I got pregnant in the 10th grade. I had him in the middle of my junior year of high school when I was 17. Um, Being a pregnant teenager is not fun for a lot of reasons, but when it comes to mom guilt, it was hard because no matter where I went, people were rude to me. Mm -hmm. And not just the dirty looks and the glances and the whispering amongst each other, but people would come up to me and tell me what they thought about my pregnancy. Yeah, that's great. So I couldn't go to the grocery store without someone stopping me and asking me how old I was, or when I had my baby asking me, that's your little brother, right? That's not your kid, right? Mm. Or telling me that I should give him up for adoption, that I'm just a baby raising a baby, and just all those kinds of things that... Super encouraging for you. Super encouraging (laughs) for me. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Literally no one was telling me that I could do it. Mm-hmm. There was no one encouraging me. Everyone was very concerned. My family was very concerned, just telling me how hard it was going to be. There was never there was there was never a word of encouragement. So, I felt like I could do it. The moment I saw that I was pregnant, I turned mm-hmm. into a mother. Like mm-hmm. the moment. And I've always been very mature. Mm-hmm. But giving him up for adoption or making any other choices was never a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. The moment I found out I was pregnant, I became a mother. I was going to raise him. We were going to make it. So I felt this need to prove myself mm-hmm. to everyone who was telling me basically that I couldn't do it. I felt this need to prove myself to all of my friends from school who were no longer my friends because... That's something I didn't expect when I got mm-hmm. pregnant. My best friends just completely stopped hanging out with me, especially after I had him. No one ever came to see me. Like, I thought... Wow. I, it, the one thing that I didn't... That I was wrong about um, with having a child is I really thought that I would still be able to kind of live my life just with a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was completely <laughs> wrong. Um, other teenagers don't like to hang out with babies. So <laughs> that's something that yeah. I had to uh, deal with. And that was a struggle because at that age, in adolescence, friends are so important. Right. And so that was really hard. I really wanted to prove myself to all of those people that I felt like kind of screwed me over as friends and to all the adults that were telling me I couldn't do it. And so I put a lot of extra pressure on myself than I would have, I think, if I was married and older. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did trying to prove myself, be a great mom, live up to the pressures I put on myself, was figure out how to take care of us. So I decided to become a nurse. 
So I went into my first college class at the age of 17. Ter- With a three-month-old. Terrified. Well, he yeah. was about eight months old by eight then. Months old. Okay. Wow. But I was terrified. I had decided, I had put this pressure on myself to prove myself to all of those people I went to high school with. So I was starting college when mm-hmm. I should have been starting my senior year of high school. Yeah. So all of my friends were seniors and I was a freshman in college. And I had decided in my head that I wanted to graduate with my bachelor's degree before they could. Mm-hmm. As a mom their age with a baby, I wanted to do it before them to prove something mm-hmm. that... Look at me, I can still achieve things. I didn't ruin my life. Yeah. And so that was this enormous pressure I put on myself. Anyway, so it was really hard to get through it, but I got through it and I felt like I proved myself. Then as my firstborn was growing older, I put so much time and effort and attention into teaching him. And I read, Mm -hmm. I mean, I read every parenting book available. I mean, I felt like I couldn't ask for help yeah. as a mom of a baby. I couldn't ask anyone to get up through the night and help me feed him mm-hmm. because if I did, I was failing and they, I was proving yeah. them right that I couldn't do this. I didn't go out. Like, I I mean, going out, getting a babysitter, mm-hmm. it did not happen yeah. because then I was being a stereotypical teenager and I was proving them right. So I did it all mm-hmm. and it was exhausting and I was depressed and it was awful. But as he got older, I met my now husband, Mm -hmm. we got married, we bought a house. Life got a lot easier because now I had help (laughs) and everything was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to be the best mom. Mm -hmm. And so I read every single book, every parenting book I could get my hands on. And I spent all of my free time trying to teach him, my son, Everything he needed to know to be successful in preschool before he ever went to preschool. (laughs) You were one of those moms. And I did. Yes. I did. He was reading and writing. That's insane. I mean, that's amazing, first of all. I mean, I spent hours. You succeeded in that. Yeah, he was smart. Your emotional health probably took a toll. Well, I think I was finding, it was this, I had to prove myself as a mother and I didn't want I didn't want to have the kid that failed in class oh because he had a teenage mom and it was like his whatever he did directly it was a reflection on a reflection myself of which you. is bad I felt it when Cora was younger and it's been 7 years and so it's like I know by now that that's not healthy but it doesn't mean it doesn't show up all the time right? like it's you know it's a little evil head pops up constantly <laughs> and I have to like combat that that's really hard to just push aside so for you you had that which I think a lot of people you know in any like situation can can relate to but then add on the fact that you were also trying to prove to people that just because you were younger didn't mean that you were less of a mom right that's a lot it was (laughs) yeah it still is (laughs) okay but so I I I put all this time and energy into him. He was a fantastic reader. So he was really smart, was reading at a very high advanced grade level. He was good in math and I took all the credit. I said, look at my kid. Look at how good of a job I did raising him. I am so awesome because he is so awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I had my second child. Okay, when I got pregnant with my second child, no one was mean to me. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't look that much older. But I don't know if it was the wedding ring that I was wearing. No one said anything rude to me about it. Yeah. My family was supportive. Nobody doubted my ability to do it. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different experience. Wow. I don't know if that set me up to just not have the energy to mm-hmm. <laughs> need like, oh, to prove I don't have to myself prove something anymore right. so I'm gonna because with yeah. my second child I put no effort into teaching him how to read none isn't it sad though how like with every child like with my youngest I'm like are we ever gonna I mean will I even teach her to read you know sometimes I put I a know. leapfrog video on yeah that but is, mostly he just yeah. watched YouTube yeah 100% so nothing and I would just I kept thinking oh this poor child 
I did all these things for his brother. I haven't done anything for him. Oh, this poor child. It's going to be all right. You know, yeah. he'll succeed in other er, other areas. Other areas, right. right. Well, then he goes to school, and he tests gifted and talented. He's he's in first grade right now with a sixth grade reading level. Wow. A math achievement awards every year. He's doing so great, and I can't take the credit. Yeah, because you didn't. <laughs> I didn't do it. Pour in the I have to prove myself through you thing. Right. He's just great all on his he's own. He's just great. And so now right. I'm realizing that. Maybe my oldest is great, and I can't take the credit for that either. <laughs> Maybe it's just them, and it has nothing yes, to do with yes. me. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your, I mean, I, I would call it like your passion, I guess. Like the message that you, yeah, want to tell people about. I think even in your book that you're working on, if you're Instagram, you talk a lot about anti-perfectionism, which is a wonderful thing to talk about, and share a little bit about that with us. I... As a young mom in my early 20s, I was trying to prove myself as a mother, but I was also trying to prove myself as a wife. I was trying to prove myself as a housekeeper, as a decorator. Um, I was trying to prove myself as a nurse, which is a whole thing. Anyway, so all of these things where I was just trying to be perfect in every aspect of my life to prove my worth to myself and to everyone else. And it got really exhausting. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was stressed yeah. beyond belief. I was not happy. I was happy. I mean, I loved my life. I loved my husband. I loved my children. But I wasn't happy. So one day I was all stressed out. And I was walking through the house and everything was a mess. The dishes were overflowing. You know, nobody had clean underwear to go to school couldn't find my car keys just all those things mm-hmm. when you just feel your, your stress building and you're screaming and yelling at your kids and everything is chaos and crazy and I just walked around the corner and my husband was standing there and I just said I have got to get my freaking life together my life is a freaking mess mm-hmm. and he took great offense to that <laughs> What did he say? He was like, what do you mean your, your life is a mess? We're a mess? Like, we're not together? Mm. We're not enough for you? Mm. And I was like, um, that's not what I meant. <laughs> and but I can see why he would reflect that right. message. Well, it made me do a lot of thinking. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not that I don't have all my crap together. It's that I didn't do the laundry in time. Right. For them to have un- clean underwear today. Yeah. It's yeah. that the kids have made a huge freaking mess again. It's mm-hmm. that I didn't do the dishes last night. Um, the, it's not that my life isn't together, yeah. that my house is a mess. And that's two different things. I mean, it's obviously I, I like to be in a clean space mm-hmm. because the clutter makes you anxious, makes you not be able to relax. But being able to differentiate a messy house from a failing, messy life was a huge deal and I realized that a lot of women struggle with this Mm -hmm. and I wanted to show up in the Instagram space because I I had gotten on Instagram and I started following all these home decor Instagrammers Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm very into home decor and yes decorating and trying to make a cute cozy space and so I was following all these people for ideas and it would drive me insane because they would get on stories and they would be showing an area of their house and there would be a pair of shoes on the floor and they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for this mess. Yes, I know what you're talking about. And I would be like, that's where the shoes go in my house. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? We leave our shoes by the front door. And am I not supposed to? Yeah, and that but, just makes you feel crummy. Or they're showing the kitchen and there's like a piece of paper on the counter. Like, or oh, a glass so sorry. That they're, a glass they're currently drinking out of. I'm so sorry. Excuse. Don't look at the mess. Don't look at the mess. Look at my backsplash. And I would just be like, N- you cleaned that kitchen before you yeah. took this video. You are a liar. I just really wanted to show up in the space. Not that I'm some huge home decor person. Because, I mean, I try. Your house is cute. (laughs) Thanks. I'm not an expert. I just, you know, we just DIY. We fail a lot, but we try. And so I wanted to show up on Instagram as someone who was showing our projects, my passions that I'm into, because I needed that creative Mm -hmm. outlet. 
Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to be fake about it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be kind of like a little bit messy real life. Because I wasn't seeing that anywhere on the internet. I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to change, I guess, what my highlight reel means. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want my highlight reel to be perfectly clean, magazine-worthy homes where my yeah. children are quiet or not in the shot. Right. Um, I don't want that to be my highlight reel. My mm-hmm. highlight reel includes mess. This is my highlights. And so I wanted my highlight reel to be more about loving the life we're living instead of trying to create a fake illusion of perfection. We judge We people. still feel that pressure. It's we, like you know it's not good, but you still feel feel it we judge people on the state of their homes and we shouldn't because we we don't want people to judge us we're constantly saying like oh I'm so sorry my house is a mess I haven't you know I've been so busy Mm -hmm. I haven't had time to clean it like please excuse the mess excuse the mess and it's like no like if we would just be honest with each other we all have our own messes maybe my mess Mm -hmm. looks different than your mess maybe you don't have dirt creating tracking humans (laughs) running around throwing their socks everywhere like I do maybe your right. mess is something else maybe it's yeah. glitter glitter slime <laughs> slime and glitter and dress up clothes <laughs> or maybe your house is perfectly clean and you have an emotional mess I don't know what yes. it is but we all yeah. have our own messes right. and just being honest about okay here here's here's the thing mm-hmm. trying to be perfect and trying to give the illusion of perfection that your house is perfect that you're perfect that you're perfectly cute all the time that your hair perfectly looks like this that mm-hmm. your laundry is always done that you're on top of it all being that person helps no one being vulnerable and saying my my hair is messy it's greasy it's turning gray <laughs> my <laughs> my laundry is overflowing mm-hmm. all of these things but you know what I'm still happy and everything's still okay. Helps yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And I say that because I've gotten the messages telling me that it helps them. So I yeah. know that it's true. So I think that being vulnerable and being honest is just a much more helpful person than being... And I think those people make really good friends. I oh, mean, for sure. You know, was- like in real life, like even off just what we see on social media, real life, and this is not like a judgment to anybody that has a clean house... That's oh, great. No. I, I, like, I love having a it's clean great. house. When my house is clean, I'm like, it's all just bask in this glory <laughs> for a few minutes. Um, clean houses are but, my favorite. Like we talked about in the episode with um, Kit and Janet, the hospitality and how we assume that to have people in and to welcome them in, it has to look a certain way right. and be a certain way. And I, for personally, when I've gone to a home and it's just like, oh, this is a home. People live here. And you can see that it's lived in and that people are happy and that it's, you know, it's just, you just feel better. You feel more comfortable. You feel like you can be vulnerable with those people. Right. You feel like you can open up. You feel like you can bring your kids in and right. not be like, I'm sorry if my kids are we here. Gotta go or, we gotta go because they're going to knock or, something over. <laughs> yeah. Or you just, it's, it allows you to feel comfortable and the other people feel comfortable. I think it fosters relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think it's weird because it's like, it seems like such a, oh, it's just a, mess here or mess there but it's really more I think it really goes more than that I think relationships are better when people are vulnerable just personally with themselves but also with just the way they live I don't know we I feel like we've missed that a lot especially in the last like decade which is sad you wouldn't invite a group into your home unless it looked perfect and when do you have time to make it look perfect if you're working and exactly yeah you don't have time for that no and so you miss you miss out and even when it comes to kids, if like, if you feel, I mean, every kid goes through a stage where they're just like little brats, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Just like little, little brats and they whine and they kick and they have their meltdowns or whatever. And it's even in those stages, you like want to keep your kids away from certain people. Sometimes you're like, well, I don't want them to act up. It's like, we should be the type of people that are like, no, you're your messy kid is welcome too. It's not just yeah, you know. I it's like taking your kid into the grocery store and yes. he's the kind of kid that's gonna throw a fit. My oldest was the fit thrower, <laughs> and one time we went into a gas station and mm-hmm. he wanted something I don't even remember some sugar or something, and I was just there 
to get a specific thing and we were leaving and this kid flopped on the ground and I just ignored him. I just mm-hmm. grabbed his arm and I literally dragged him across the floor, paid for my thing, <laughs> dragged him out of the convenience store, back to the car. Yeah. And I just, I was over it. Um, I think about people in the grocery stores that don't want to take their kids to the grocery store because of the way they behave, the way they act. I've totally felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're the crying. The looks you'll get from people. The looks you get, the, the comments you get, the annoyed yeah. checkout people or whatever. But my my thing about that is if you don't take them to the grocery store, how are they going to learn how to behave in the grocery so store? So true. So true. And I know it's annoying to be shopping yeah. and hear kids screaming. It's the really annoying. Yeah. I have a lot more grace for it now. I'm like, oh. Right there with you, sister. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Your kid's screaming, mine's screaming. But the kids have, they're, they're yeah. humans and they live on the earth. Yes. And they're allowed to go to the grocery store and they right. have got to go Yeah. and learn how to behave in the grocery store. And if we don't allow them to have their temper tantrums in the grocery store, they will never learn. Yeah, it's true. To be normal they humans. They can't stay in a bubble. In the grocery store. Yeah. I think a takeaway from that specifically when it comes to like messy children, like you've got the toddler that screams and has meltdowns, is to, for us, like, so I'm talking about myself here, to make sure that I am the type of friend to others that they know that like they can bring their messy kid over or not only that, but that I'm willing to help and I'm willing to bring my... They can be friends. You know, we can... Right. We can all coexist and it's okay. They're going through right. a thing and we're all here together to so encourage each I other. I'm glad I found you. I'm glad I found you too. <laughs> it's so great. I just because, love being myself. Because I have known people in the past that have had negative reactions because of a meltdown my kid had. Mm-hmm. or because, And I haven't gotten invited to a birthday party or this or that. And I know it's because... My kid's going through a stage. Right. And I just don't want to be that person. Yeah. Frankly. Because I think what it does is it it puts up these boundaries of like, well, until your kid is more, you know, mature or whatever, we actually can't have a relationship. Right. And I'm not talking about kids that are bullies. That's different. Kids, you know, that are bullying kids, of course, you don't want them maybe hanging out with your kid. or Those things are different. But to be a friend to those other moms who are going through those rough stages, like, I would have wanted that for myself more. And so to have that for, to be that person for other people, I think it's so important. And, like, be intentional about it. Like, oh, that mom is struggling with the toddler who is just having meltdowns all the time. Well, let me just make sure she knows she can come to coffee with me and I don't give a crap if her kid has a meltdown. It might be a little bit annoying sometimes. But to go out of your way to do that, I think is a really important I know I think it's a really important thing if we can do that better that'd be great that would be great (laughs) it's also a hard thing though um I think to make friends in general as a mom it is um tried so hard to make mom friends when Mm -hmm. they went to school um I joined PTAs and all the things trying to make mom friends and I was always just too young for them yeah you know they were always so much older Mm -hmm. um the past couple of years, I've been able to make a couple, which has been great. But it's hard to find community, I think. Yeah. And and right now, I mean, we have COVID, so you know these are like things okay, you can't well, I'm do. talking about in the future world. But where... yes, in the future world, which is hopefully soon, where yeah, people can just, be around each other. Yes, again. that is community. Mom community is so important. And so us and the way we treat each other. Honestly, is so I wish I would have had Instagram back then. Uh, because I feel like I've gained such a community on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If I would have had that when I was 17, mm-hmm. 18, 19, I think Could I would have connected felt with people a lot yeah. less alone. That's the beauty of social media. I know a lot of, there's, know there's a lot, a of, lot bad, of bad, a lot of good too. But sometimes, especially being like a stay at home mom, it's such a cool way to connect with people that you might never know in person, but that can just reach out and be like, oh, me too. This is how my day is too. Right. It's nice. It is. That's a huge, plus on the online world i like that for moms i like that for us <laughs> i like that for us too okay so i'm curious what advice would you give to the mom out there specifically who is listening to this just saying like oh my gosh this is totally me i feel burdened by perfectionism i totally feel all this what would you say to her today 
What would be something you think would be helpful? To the mother specifically. To the mother specifically. With children in yeah. the home. In the home. Okay. Um, I think what we hear a lot, which was never helpful to me, mm-hmm. is you can't do it all. Stop trying to do it all and yeah. ask for help. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I hear that preached a lot. Yeah. Um, but we don't always have help to ask for it's not always an option and that was so hard for me when I was seeking advice when my kids were little and I was stressed out all the time and I was trying to have a clean house have smart kids have dinner on the table take them to school go to work when I was trying to do all of these things and I I had no help because Mm -hmm. to get help would have meant hiring someone yeah and I could not afford that I could not afford to hire a housekeeper Um, maybe I could get a babysitter every now and then to go on a date night but really not very often because I had to use babysitters for when I had to work nights in the hospital and Mm -hmm. weekends and you know with our schedules asking for help just really it wasn't a thing so the advice I would have given myself now looking back now that I'm I'm out of I still have small kids and I mean I still have kids in the home but I was so much more stressed out when they were more toddler early childhood. They're more self-sufficient now. They're very self-sufficient. Yeah. Now. Yeah. My life is so much easier now that yeah. everybody can wipe their own butt and buckle their own yes. seatbelt. And um if I could go back and tell myself something, it would be stop trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. You can only do so many things. Prioritize your children and spending time with them now is more important than appearing to have it all together. Yeah. Because in four or five years from now, you're going to look back on this time and you're not going to care about the dishes that were in your sink last night. You're not going to care about the toy bin that keeps getting dumped out. Mm -hmm. You're not going to care about the messy high chair that you haven't wiped down properly this month. A couple years from now, none of these things are going to matter. I mean, think back to high school or middle school and think back, like, what are your memories on that? It's probably good things. Maybe it's something really bad that happened, but it's probably not just your little stressors that you were stressing with every day. Mm -hmm. It's probably not about being annoyed that you're when you opened your locker, stuff fell out or, you know, whatever you were stressing about day to day. You don't think back to those little things. You don't think back to your messy room in high school. At least I don't. Yeah. When I look back at when my kids were little, I have, I don't think back to all the areas I felt like I was failing in. Mm-hmm. I think back to... <laughs> He was so cute when I rocked him in that yes. rocking chair yeah. and the little noises he made. Or, oh, when we put that little slide in the living room and he would slide down it over mm-hmm. and over. Or, those are the things I look back at. Um, the time we spent together, the memories we made in that house. I don't think back to any of the things that I beat myself up over. Yeah. And so if I could go back, I would stop beating myself up over them and realize in a few years from now... The only things that are going to matter are these happy memories we're making. And so that's what I tell myself now. Mm -hmm. When my kids are in high school, the only thing that's going to matter about this time are not my daily stresses. It's not about how... It's not my daily stresses. It's not about how he didn't have clean underwear this morning. Mm -hmm. Or about how when I opened his backpack... The slip fell out and I had missed another parent-teacher conference. I'm not going to focus on those things. Uh, I'm going to think about all the good times we're having. Mm-hmm. And so I try to, when I feel myself getting stressed out or I feel myself putting these pressures on me to get it all done or be the best version of myself or whatever, um, I just remember, this isn't going to matter next year. Yeah. So don't let it ruin your day. Yeah. I feel like a lot of other advice we get is that quote that people like to share. (laughs) I see it circulating Facebook every summer. You only have 18 summers with your kids. Enjoy Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And even with what I just said, it's like, enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment. And um, 
the moments are hard when you have little kids and you kind of want to push the fast forward button sometimes and you know yes I know (laughs) you know yeah it's a struggle and I was always ready for my oldest to move to the next stage I was always ready for that next thing but at the same time I was so scared because you know it goes so fast and oh, they're going to grow up and they're going to be gone. What am I going to do? Like, who am I Mm -hmm. without them? Especially for me, because I was never an adult without children. Right. And so I struggled a lot with my youngest going to school Mm full-time. I thought, I was like, what the heck am I going to, like, I seriously, I stressed about this for a year. What am I going to do when they're both in school Mm full-time? Who am I without children? how am I going to spend my time? And the answer was, I'm going to do whatever I want. And it's freaking amazing. <laughs> like, it's seriously, it's like, awesome. Oh, there will be things to do. I've learned a lot about myself, and it's been yeah. really fun, actually. Yeah. Instead of stressing about them growing, I've learned to, you know, love the moments we're in, take lots of pictures and videos, because we live yes. in a technology age where we can remember these things. Um, but kids getting older is awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love the help. Mm-hmm. I have a 12-year-old that carries in groceries. He mows the yard. He does the dishes. Wow. What a gift. He does the dishes. <laughs> yes, he's such a good kid. I have a 7-year-old that doesn't do any of those things, but he's, <laughs> but he's learning. Seven. He's learning. He can brush his teeth. He, he brushes can go to the his bathroom. teeth. He, oh, it's amazing. He, he can dressed. make his own peanut butter sandwich. Yes. He brings he me Netflix on in the morning. He brings me Dr. Pepper when yes, I ask he for does. it. Um it's yeah. it's great. It's and, basically an adult. And these pat you know, I've always loved my my kids. I've always loved spending time with them. So don't let this sound wrong, but last year, you know, pre-COVID, I checked my he was a 6th grader. I checked him out of school. And we went to the Tulsa State Fair together, mm-hmm. just me and him. And I had a great time just hanging out with him. Like, he was – it was fun. We just had fun. How? Okay. It was a great day. Yeah. We just hung out, and we had a great time. And mm. I was like, it wasn't work. Yeah. There was no work involved. It was just fun. And I just have these visions of us going on vacation and doing all these fun things when they're adults. Yes. And it's going to be – Awesome. So anyways, back to the 18 summer things. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) We don't have 18 summers with our kids. We have every summer with our kids Mm -hmm. until the day we die. If my mom called me up and said, hey, let's go to the beach, I'd be like, yes, mom, let's go. And I'm 30. Yes. Yeah, that pressure of, I saw that for the first time, I think last summer, that quote, and it has stuck with me since because I felt like, Suffocated. I was like, 18 summers. It like, and yeah, then it it's like, like this huge weight. Wait, okay, wait, what are all the, I immediately was like listing all the things I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. I only have 18 summers, what should I be doing, what should I be doing? And that was, yeah, that got me way too emotional and uptight. And I immediately had like 10 pounds of weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Just thinking about the next like seven years. Right. I'm like, why? That is unnecessary. It is. <laughs> That's unnecessary pressure. And it's good to think about the moments, but again, to not put that pressure of like... It's unneeded. Remember, you only have... It's like, goodness. That's not help. That's not helping anybody either. That's not either. helpful at all. That's no. just stressful. That's stress. Right. And well, so far, um, kids getting older has just been fantastic yeah, for me. Yeah, it's been fun. I've had no negatives. Now, whenever I talk about this on social media, I always have women respond with oh just wait till they're teenagers just wait (laughs) just wait till they're teenagers yeah trying to make you you scared for the teenage years exactly and that's not helpful no i'm not sure what the point of saying that is but as a a woman Mm -hmm. who was a pregnant teenager yeah who did all of the bad things because Mm -hmm. i was in a very large state of rebellion Mm mm-hmm um, I had multiple screaming matches with my mother where I hated her. I had decided I was going to 
move out the moment I could. I was going to leave the state. I would rather be homeless under a bridge than live with her, and I was never going to speak to her again. Wow, yeah. Having all of this, I, what I'm trying to say is I was the worst child. <laughs> I was the worst. Like, I came home pregnant. I had the worst boyfriend. I did all the bad things. Yes. I mean, I did all the bad things. Yeah. No, I did. I was the worst teenager. We made it through you is what I'm through. trying to say. And me and my yeah. mom are best friends now. Yeah. Last year, we went to Disney World together, and we had a great, yeah. fantastic time. So, yeah, you know, I'm. I mean... I'm gonna be on I'm already on my seventh graders butt about everything yes. and I feel like I feel like I'm gonna I feel like we're gonna be good um obviously I don't know and crazy chaos could come my way I feel people judging me right now saying oh just you wait because that's what they say in my dms and maybe we're gonna have rough times but actually not everybody does yeah. some people are good kids yeah. well and that's the thing is even <laughs> whenever it's rough I think that's important to know that it doesn't mean that it's, like, over. Like, right. you're going to go through patches of parenting that are probably going to be... They're either going to suck or they're going to be, like, downright, like, really bad. Like, this and is And for really some bad. people, that's going to be age 7. And for some, it's going to be 12. And for some, it's going to yeah. be 17. It's going to be different. You never know what you're going to get. Because and... kids are not one-size-fits-all. Right. Kids are individual humans. And they're all yeah. different. And so we're going to have rough patches at some place. A lot of them happen to have an, happen in adolescence, but they get through it, and then you still have your kid. You yeah. still have summers. That perspective is so good because it's not like, okay, this season dictates the rest of their life or my parenting or whatever. It's like, okay, once at a time. Right now it's rough. Okay, so how can I just – how can I be the best parent for this kid without it being – this like overwhelming stress of like I have to do this perfect or I am gonna screw up my kid. It's like no, we just do your best one step at a time. Right. The kids are kids are gonna make it's so crazy because you look at families and they'll have like three kids and the same parent, same parenting style, everything, and they all come out completely different. They grow up to like be completely different children. You're like, what happened there? And that's because kids are individual humans yes. that are going to be whoever they're going to be. Yeah. Because that's something I used to stress out so much about reading all those parenting books is how to create, how to foster these children into mm-hmm. amazing Perfect. adults. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, my mom, I mean, she she was a great mom and she did a lot of things right. She made a lot of mistakes with tragedy that hit our family and the way she was grieving. But ultimately, me and my brother and sister, we all went through mm-hmm. the same stuff. We are three different people. Yeah. We all make, we're all great. I'm not saying they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we are three different people because we all make our own decisions and decide who we're going to be. Yeah. It's not my mom's. It's just. And I see that a lot with my, with my husband who had a very rough childhood, mm-hmm. who was homeless as a child, who was mm-hmm. passed around family members, mm-hmm. had an alcoholic father. He has horrible stories Mm -hmm. um who grew up to be a freaking fantastic man so the odds were against him and he still is because he decided to be i just fully believe that it is really hard to Mm -hmm. screw up your kids isn't that also kind of a relief like it is i think that at the end of the day if they feel loved and safe that's Mm -hmm. what matters and i think especially this time of year it's christmas time and I think I personally find a lot of pressure about, you know, okay, so you need to do all the things that lead up to Christmas, the right. crafts, the The Christmas bucket list. The Christmas bucket list that costs like $500. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. I look at these things people put in their Christmas list or, buck, you know, Advent thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can barely. I don't put the pressure of an Advent calendar I, on We myself. don't have an Advent calendar. <laughs> and if you do, I applaud You're awesome. you. And it's so great. I have friends that have them and it's like the cutest thing. But then me, I it know. Is, but you know what? For me, it's too much. And it causes me. Dress. And so but maybe we do is that's watch movies. That's their thing, you know. <laughs> and that's their thing. They're but not, it doesn't have to be your thing, right? And they're not doing all of the things that I'm doing, right? We exactly. all have our own amount of things we're doing, yes. And what we prioritize, and yeah. mine just does not happen to be an advent calendar. And um, isn't that great that it it's so simple for kids? I think that's been such relief. Right. I mean, the older they've gotten, I've realized they don't actually care about all the. things things I thought that they cared about. No, it's the simplest thing. They 
like this year, we have done like hardly anything that I've done in past years. Like we haven't done any of the big crafts and Mm -hmm. Advent stuff and all that stuff because it's just been a tough year. And I just thought, you know what? At the end of the day, they just want to be cuddled. They want to know that I love them. They want to have a dance party. They want to watch Christmas movies and they want to eat chocolate. Yes, they do. So (laughs) that's what we're going to do instead. And they are so happy. Right. They're so content and happy. And it was just like, I think it, you have to get over that birth, like that feeling I first had was like, oh, but they're not doing, I'm like, but if we were to do the things that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, you know, the things that all the expensive and time consuming crafts that you take pictures of and you do all the, you know, all the stuff, it's really for us more than it's for them. I would have been in a terrible mood because I would have been stressed out of my mind getting all of it together and keeping them clean and all this stuff. And then they probably would have gone to bed feeling like mom had a crummy day. Right. And like, I don't want them. Trying to get that shot for Instagram. Yes. For whatever. And I don't want them to feel that way. I just want them to feel like carefree and happy. I want them to feel like 80s kids. Yes. The 80s and 90s. Let's talk about that for a second. The 90s were such a good time. (laughs) My grandma, I've talked to my grandma extensively about this. Um, This this stress and pressure we put on ourselves as mothers today did not exist right when my grandma was mothering right she didn't have pinterest big birthday parties not a thing yeah sheet cake that's it yeah if there is one if there is one balloons and sheet cake and we sit around and have a dinner and sing you happy birthday and that was fantastic yes and it's just it's this these pressures we put on ourselves today. My grandma says she never would have been able to make it. Mm-hmm. She said, "My kids didn't have toys like this. You know, mm-hmm. we had one doll, yeah, and a pair of rollerblades, yeah, and that's how we kept our room clean because there wasn't stuff to make it messy. Mm-hmm. We had seven shirts, you know, <laughs> rotate the shirts, people. And so these pressures that we're feeling as mothers today are new. Yeah. This is not something that women have dealt with forever. Mm-hmm. And I think we're depressed and we feel horrible and awful because it's not supposed to be this way. Because it's not supposed to be like this. Right. And we have to like kind of raise the flag at some point and be like, okay, enough. Because this is damaging on many levels. Many levels. Many levels. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, all mentally all of our it. priorities are completely wrong yeah they're flipped we think we're failing if we don't do these pinterest worthy things yeah when in reality we're just putting all of our energy into the appearance of something yeah. instead of what we should be yeah putting our energy into right. like for me it's more it's a really it's a good thing to realize because it's kind of that reality check and i'm like wait my mom was telling me not too long ago, kind of the same thing, but she was saying that, like, you know, now when you meet up with friends, you, like, go to a, go get coffee. Like, you say, like, let's go get coffee or something. And she said that when her and her friends were my age, they would meet at McDonald's and the kids would play, like, in the play area and they would just get, like, Coke and whatever. And she said we would just, like, show up and it was just, like, you guys would play in this, like, you know, dirty playpen, you know what I mean? She's like, and we were just feeding you chicken nuggets yeah. and drinking Coke. And she was like, I just feel like you guys have to get so cute and ready just to hang out right. with each other. I don't I was know if like, you I remember. Know. I don't know if you remember this. I think we were 20 years old uh-huh. and we were hanging out all the time. I totally remember And this. we went to McDonald's. I remember this. And he played on the dirty play plays yes. and we ate chicken nuggets. Yeah. Maybe that's Isn't that great? what solidified our like I good friendship. what was like, this is a good friendship. I think it is. So it's funny really, that you say that. I know. But it's it's just the pressures. You're, it's so right. These are not normal pressures. It's not healthy pressures. And that's and, why we feel like we're failing. And so the mom guilt, I think, is at an all-time high because, well, every part of motherhood is now on display and mm-hmm. everyone's judging you for it and you're judging yourself for it. Or, like, what are the things that I did growing up? Oh, my gosh, it was so simple. Yeah, so one of the it things so I do simple. in the summer is mm-hmm. something that my grandma did. You know, I try to – she's an amazing woman. Yeah. And I try to be like her. So in the summer, I push my kids out the door. I lock the door. I open the window, and I just feed them yeah. popsicles. Brilliant. And 
Yeah. And then I get everything yes. done. And yeah, some spoons. <laughs> I'll throw spoons out there and be like, yeah. get the hose and dig to China. Like, that's because I thought I could do that. I know. Absolutely. You know? It's the way my grandma did it. Yes. I and, love it. And I, and I was such a, I didn't have a care in the world. It's another thing. It's like, there is not what the perfect, like the perfect mother does not exist. There is not one perfect mother that you need to live to be. Everybody is going to mother differently Mm -hmm. because we are different people and our children are different people. Right. I just hate this feeling in the world that all children are the same, that we should all be doing the same thing. Yeah. Because all kids are the same. They're not. They're all different. And so some kids might need these things earlier. Some kids might need them later. That's going to depend. The boundaries might be different. Right. Between you and your kid. And nobody else can tell you what you should be doing for your kid because they're your kid. Right. You're the one that knows your kid deeply, intimately. People on the internet, people on TV, Mm -hmm. people at work, people at school, they don't. Right. You're the one that lives with your kid. You're the one that knows. And so those are decisions between you and you as a mother. Yeah. (laughs) You and your children. No, and that's so true. What kind of mother you're going to be. And some people are going to have the pinterest birthday party mom and some people are not yeah and that's okay those kids are gonna grow up with other great memories based on whatever you do some moms are the baking moms and bake every single night Mm -hmm. some moms are the sports moms and take you to all the practices and the tournaments bring the oranges and yeah and the the soccer moms and all the things i'm none of those things Mm mm-hmm I'm um, teaching my children to be self-sufficient. <laughs> yes, that is your, that's the mom you are. Yeah. They make their own breakfast. Also, yes. I'm teaching them all the lines to every Disney song. Yes. That's that's the that's mom perfect. I am. That's what perfect. I'm instilling in them. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I love that. I, I just, I love that me and you are actually so different, which is like, we're a lot alike, but we're also really different. And I love that because I, I just like being around different types of people. So I don't mm-hmm. want to get around a group of my friends and we're all that type of mom. You know, right. like, oh, I'm only friends with moms who are like this. Like, it's, I think that that's a hurdle we need to get over that we can all encourage each other and support each other and be friends with each other and be completely different types of parents. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't, wouldn't that be so great? It would. And it, there's not a, oh, I'm doing this better than you, or let me just like tell you how you should probably be doing this. Like, no, just. We're all doing this together. I remember when I was having Emma, I got pregnant with Emma, and I immediately was like, I want a C-section, and if I can't get a C-section, I want a C-section, I don't want to breastfeed, and if I can't get a C-section, I want an epidural, and I don't want to breastfeed, and that was just, I knew it immediately. Right. That was not a question in my mind, and then another friend of mine, we had our babies the same day in Holland, she wanted a home birth, totally natural. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to breastfeed. She and she made all of the clothes, and that oh, was. Oh wow! She like still makes clothes. I, I mean, this was like clothes. who she was, and we were super. You know, we're still super close friends, but we were like advocates for each other. Like right. she didn't. She had all these reasons she didn't want epidural, and I had all my reasons I didn't want a home birth, and it didn't matter. It was like, well, I'm gonna pray that you have a home birth. And she's like, I'm going to pray that you get that midwife that will give you an epidural. You know, but right. we were able to support each other without our differences being something that would just completely Yeah, you don't see a lot of that today. No, you don't. And it's unfortunate. But I want to be that person that can do that. Hey, it's me. I just wanted to take a quick second to let you know about a 24-day devotional I wrote for all of you mamas out there. It's called True North, a devotional for the real-life mom. I have three little girls, and I know full well the pure chaos and exhaustion it takes to raise a small tribe of little humans. But I do believe that God's plan for us is to thrive and experience abundant life right in the middle of motherhood. So if you're looking for a daily companion in your motherhood journey that will point you to Jesus and encourage you along the way, just hop on over to Amazon and you can purchase True North, a devotional for the real-life mom today. Okay, back to our show. So trying to follow my belief that we should not try to be perfect, that we should put experiences over appearances and enjoy life instead of trying to perfect it and all of these things where I'm trying to raise my kids where we're just pretty much just 
loving each other, spending time together, and enjoying life, because I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what it's all about, I still felt like a failure because when am I going to figure this thing out completely? Because I suck at cooking. I am <laughs> I am the worst. I mean, I actually talked to a relative about this one time, another grandmother, who was a working woman. She worked all the time. You know, I had one stay-at-home homemaker grandma and then that, like, boss lady grandma. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my boss lady grandma about we were sitting down and I said, I just am really struggling because I find no joy in cooking. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's because there is just no joy to be had in it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is where I take after you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know some people love cooking, but yes. that's not me. I literally hate it. Mm-hmm. I would rather do anything else. Um, and it's a struggle that I have. And so we eat a lot of fast food. We eat a lot of frozen chicken nuggets. I have felt for years like a failure in this apartment. I'm a good mom here, here, and here, but I suck when it comes to feeding my Mm -hmm. children. And it's something, I just really beat myself up over it. And then one Mother's Day, my youngest came home from school around that time with one of those notes that they fill out about all the things you love about your mom, and it was cute, and it has handprint on it. And underneath, what does your mom do to show you she loves you? Mm-hmm. And he put, she makes me blueberry waffles. He's talking about frozen waffles in oh. the toaster. Frozen oh waffles in the toaster. Yeah. The thing that I feel most like a failure about, which is feeding my children and cooking, is what made the frozen waffles, because I do what's cheapest and easiest. That's what made him feel loved. Yeah. And so it just helped me realize that I'm putting these pressures on myself that I don't need to be putting there because what my biggest struggle was and where I felt like a failure was something that he, in his eyes, was love and taking care of him. Yeah. Cool. It was just such an eye-opener for me. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, these invented pressures that I put on myself yeah. – are not reality. What's reality is that he is fed, he is sheltered, mm-hmm. and he feels loved. He knows I love him because I tell him mm-hmm. a million times a day. Good job. This blueberry waffles. I'm really good at making frozen waffles in the toaster. I bet you are. I have a four slice toaster four now. Slice toaster. Wow. So I can make both kids. You know, two I don't own a toaster, which is like that's weird. The regret of my life. <laughs> That's weird. I know. We need a toaster. How do you make toast? I put it in the oven. <laughs> oh, that's too much work for me. <laughs> it's apparently too much work for me to just drive to Target and buy a toaster. You know what? I'm going to get you a toaster. <laughs> That'd be so great. Okay, as we close this up, I'm going to ask you a question that I'm... You're the second person for me to ask. Actually, third person. But what are you saying yes to right now? first thing that comes to mind is I'm saying yes to writing a book. I just, I have a lot to say and I want to say it. And so I'm scared to write a book because again, I feel, you know, it's this deep thing in me where I feel like I have to prove myself. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it great. And so it's overcoming that because I've never written a book before, I've never tried this, mm-hmm. there's a good chance it's going to fail. Because <laughs> from my research, my extensive research I've mm-hmm. done, most books do. And so there's a good chance. I'll read gonna, it. Thank you. But it's a good, it. There's a good chance it'll fail. And so, but I'm saying yes to it anyways. I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to be scared. And if it fails, but then it's, you know, what is failure? Right, exactly. So what are these pressures I'm putting on myself? Who's, who's measure of success am I looking at? And so I need to just make my success, my measure of success, writing it and getting it done because I it's have going to be good. I have a lot to say. You do, <laughs> and I've been with you during your some of your writing sessions, and you do you have great things to say. And I mean, this podcast you've shared a lot of I think what a part of it will be in your book, maybe. Uh, yeah, a lot of things. Which I think is really cool, and I'll definitely read it. I know other people definitely read it, but I think it's great that you're 
doing the thing that you feel like you're supposed to do. Okay, friend, we're going to probably keep talking after this, but we're going to have to close this podcast. Thank you so much for meeting me in your room to to record this. Can we do it again? We can totally do it again. I love you. You're fantastic. I'm so glad we're friends. Me too. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. Tell people where to find you. Oh, you can find me at Creek Grown. Creek Grown because I grew up in a creek. Yeah, there's a creek in her backyard. I can there see is. it. I will only live where there are creeks. <laughs> yes, find on. her on Instagram. Super encouraging, super fun. Uh, you can see her kids. You won't know their names. I will. You, but you know won't. Their names. <laughs> it's really fun. To they have it. nicknames. They have nicknames, which is fun. I love that you do that. Well, I call my youngest Little Bear, and I've had multiple people message me asking me if that's his real name. Really? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so no, funny. it's not. Um, her youngest and my oldest are plain. And on the other side of the house right now, loudly. I'm wondering if you can hear it during this podcast. But anyways, thanks for doing this. Until next time, we'll do this again. Hey friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, would you take a quick second and screenshot this episode and share it on your social media account? It would mean so much to me and help me get this little podcast baby out to the world. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at Lexi Norell, that's one R, double L, and at Lexi Norell on Facebook. Excited to see you over here again for the next episode. And in the meantime, come hang out with me on the gram.